0: The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. But where we will start is with the stunning um, testimony that's been provided by members of the board of Orti and members of the executive board, which is their terminology for senior management. Um, our own Sean Defoe has been um, watching proceedings at the media committee of the Iraq. Um, Sean, what's happened so far?
1: Yeah, look, lots. I think we had a fear earlier that this would be something of a damn squib and that there would be a lot of stonewalling. And, and to a degree, there has been a lot of, well, I didn't know about it or it wasn't my fault or that was someone else's responsibility, which we'll get into maybe in a little bit. But there have been uh, quite a few serious revelations. I suppose one that's just come in the last half an hour from the chair of the RT board, Shuni Rathalig, was that she asked D Forbes. To resign almost two weeks ago now, before the story ever broke in the media on the 16th of June, when it became uh, clear what the situation was going to be. And at the time, D Forbes refused to do that. They went into a disciplinary process, as you heard uh, in the news, and then ultimately, obviously, that ended with D Forbes uh, deciding to resign this Monday ahead of the committee. That led to some pretty pointed exchanges with Brendan Griffin, the Fine Gael TD, who asked if the board gave any consideration to not accepting that resignation, which would have meant there was still a duty on D Forbes to appear before the committee, which obviously now she isn't citing health reasons. That one of a, a number of different revelations that we'll get into. We might just start at the start because obviously a lot of questions about who knew what when in this. And the first questions were, went to Imelda Munster, the Sinn Féin TD. She targeted initially Geraldine O'Leary, the commercial director, cited as someone who had knowledge of this deal with Renault to pay Ryan Tuberty the extra 75,000 euro. In her defence, O'Leary said that she was not in the room and did not construct the deal with Ryan Tuberty, but on instruction from the Director General engaged with the commercial partner. says so she was asked by D Forbes to pay the 75,000 euro for year three of the deal. This would be the funding directly from RTE, from the RTE barter account, but didn't know at the time that the fee was underwritten by RTE. The questioning then turned quite quickly to the Chief Financial Officer, Richard Collins, and there's been quite a lot of questions for him at this committee today, obviously, given the role he holds. He only came into office at the start of 2020. And so a certain amount of this negotiation was done by his previous Predecessor uh, Breda O'Keefe, who did, I suppose, the, the lump, if you like, or, or would have been in the room for a lot of the Ryan Turbony negotiations, whereas Richard Collins took over with the, the Patrick Guilty contract, for example. And in questioning from Imelda Munster, the TD, um, Chief Financial Officer Richard Collins was asked how he didn't notice these overpayments going out of the RTE accounts.
2: Why, is Chief Financial Officer, would you let that go?
3: I wasn't aware of what they related to. I wasn't involved ah, in... Ah, would processing. you stop? No, I wasn't involved You didn't involved ask. In you didn't no. ask.
2: The Chief You've Financial got to, Officer no, you, didn't sorry. ask.
3: You've got to understand the barter account was under the control of the commercial division. Mm-hmm. It sat outside of finance and... The Director-General obviously took a close interest in this barter account. Okay. These transactions okay. were processed through the barter account. But you had
2: no oversight of that no at all? No
3: oversight, no involvement all in right. processing or approving. Yes. Okay. It. They came on my radar when they were raised as an issue by the auditors right. in March so 23. So I
2: knew nothing. oblivious about. to it? Oh, yes. Oblivious exactly. to it as Chief mm-hmm. Financial Officer. Okay. Right. You were before the Public Accounts Committee in January 22 and uh, the Director-General deep Steve Forbes had stated to the members of the Oireachtas Committee that the reduction in the pay salaries for the top earners had been achieved right? Now we know that in Ryan Tuberty's case that that wasn't correct to say the least right? You sat there and you didn't correct that as Chief Financial Officer. You let that slide. Why was that?
3: Because I didn't know you what? I mean, I didn't know. So
2: you didn't, right? So you didn't know that this commercial deal was done with Ryan Tuberty. Is that what you're saying? You had no idea, because that's didn't, not what you said a few minutes no, ago. No, I didn't
3: have the full extent of the
2: deal. Uh, but you the knew deal. he wasn't. Be, you knew he wasn't being paid in jelly tots. <laughs> you knew there was money being handed over. So you knew when the, those figures were published of the salaries that in Ryan Tuberty's case that that figure was not correct, no, and I you didn't. sat there and said no. nothing. One no, final I didn't question. know that.
3: Sorry, let yeah. me, please let me answer that because I didn't know that. Finance report the published earnings of the top talent, but we can only report what we know and what we're told. If we're not given all the information, our information is concealed or misled from us.
4: We, so the can, we don't have the full facts.
3: So,
0: that was Chief Financial Officer Richard Collins talking to Sinn Féin's Imelda Munster in relation to the knowledge of payments in relation to it. Ryan Tuberty. This is at the Oroxis Media Committee today. We're in discussion with Sean Defoe, News Talk's uh, political correspondent. Now, Sean, as to who knew what, there is there has been an interesting line of separation created between the deal itself and the underwriting of the deal. So the underwriting being that if Renault pulls out of the arrangement that they have entered into, RTE will be on the hook for that monies. Now, that's not actually the core issue. The core issue is the deal itself, the fact that there was a commercial deal done as a side issue, a tripartite arrangement between Renault, RTE and Ryan Tuberty facilitated by D. Forbes and a number, it would now appear, of other senior executives because we now know that Jim Jennings was privy to it and was privy to the fact that there was a request for a guarantee by Noel Kelly and Adrian Lynch was privy to it.
1: Yes, yeah, so there are people who were in the, the know here. And I suppose where they thought or where they might have thought that this wouldn't run into any issue was that the they thought that the commercial deal would pay for it, that there would never be a fallback on RTE and that that commercial deal might continue through a number of years. But that goes to the heart of the great.
0: transparency, though, doesn't it, Sean? I mean, isn't that the core issue, that that was the thing that was skewing the figures and that wasn't in the public domain?
1: that was skewing the figures and wasn't wasn't actually out there. Certainly that is one of the, the, the big questions around it and that it was one that was facilitated because there's also been a clear demarcation put out between deals that are done through RTE and the pay that is arranged by RTE, which this w- should and would be considered and separate deals, for example, that the stars might have done through their agent with other brands, which obviously happens uh, quite a bit. There's also been, and uh, this came out in the, in the the committee for the first time, it feels about four hours ago now, this is probably because it was four hours ago, the, the way they've going on. First figures in relation to the 120000 that was paid to Ryan Tuberty prior to 2020. This is entirely separate from the, the Renault information. And what we were told by Adrian Lynch was that this was a, a loyalty bonus worked into his contract. Again, that doesn't seem to be in any other uh, contract of any of the other top talents that wasn't actually paid, but was credited in in the RTE account so that it showed up there but never actually went to Mr Tuberty and they don't seem to know why again this sort of a siloing and we'll get to this point in a second a siloing of, of responsibilities but when it comes down to that as I mentioned in some areas, we've gotten a lot of information in others we just haven't at all. And Adrian Lynch, one of those who, as you mentioned, would have had sight of a commercial deal, or would have known at least that a commercial deal was potentially in the offing. He's been very clear to say that under no circumstances would Orti have signed this, would have signed this on paper and that he only found out in recent times that a verbal agreement had been made. By D Forbes as, uh, as Director General. And he told the committee earlier that while he had an element of awareness of a commercial deal, no one knew it had actually been underwritten. If you look at the substance of the issue,
0: which is um, there was a commercial decision made to give an undertaking to underwrite the commercial agreement, um, that is a commercial decision which comes at risks when the wheels came off the bus slightly in that it then meant that was activated and money was paid directly from RTE to Ryan Tuberty and that then impacted the accounts we published and I think I mean you can ask everyone individually here I knew absolutely nothing about that I can say that hand and heart I had no idea that a guarantee had been given regarding this arrangement Now, Sean Defoe, that, that, as I understand it, isn't the material issue. The material issue isn't that RTE ended up picking up the tab in the ensuing years for this. The material issue is that RTE entered into a scheme of arrangement through a commercial partner wherein that commercial partner would pay €75,000 worth of Ryan Tuberty's salary. They would be credited back services to that value from RTE and that would not appear as part of his standard contract fee. That's at the heart of it, isn't it?
1: Yeah, and that's something that actually hasn't really been answered at all in this committee today as to why that was not going to be included in the accounts or why it wasn't. And everyone who has been asked has sort of been deflecting on. And and like it's something that you can feel the TDs getting more and more frustrated as they're asking different questions about this and sort of trying to come at it sort of different ways. We haven't really got any confirmation as to why people thought that was the case a lot of blowback is being put back onto the the agent for Ryan Troverly saying that the guarantee was something uh, that they sought and then back onto the Director General rather than the principle of the thing in itself and something that is is quite clear is that a lot of the Executive Board didn't know what the rest of the Executive Board was doing or certainly wasn't asking a huge amount of questions about it Uh, one case in point is an exchange literally just in the last few minutes when there have been questions asked about the figures that have been agreed with Patrick Kilty which obviously are not public yet, which the uh, committee has said could be made public uh, as soon as maybe Friday this week or or early next week, if Patrick Keelty agrees to it. But they were asked, for example, if the deal with Patrick Kilty is now legally binding. The chairperson said she didn't know the acting attorney or uh, acting GG, said uh, that he doesn't think it was before the chief financial officer then came in and said yes actually it is. So they, they seem to have very little idea of what the other is doing and this is something that Shuni Ratelig spoke about saying that when it comes to the culture she's encountered in the last seven months since she's been there it is quite siloed and it was quite uh, deferred if you like to the director
4: general. It's a culture that's in there that accepts that well that's approved by the dg so I'm not going to talk about it and i i don't think and i think all of the people here would agree now that that's wrong and that's for the board that like and for me i'm only there that 7 months but for me that was the shocking part of it as well that there wasn't the conversations that we all would soon assume, assume would happen but but each of them in their own individual area. As you said, it's siloed.
2: Like, I think it's important to say we, we've, we've only seen two major defections from RTE since since Century Radio came on the scene 30 years ago, and yet RTE has effectively paid enormous sums to a very small number of people, and, of course, you know, bent over backwards to facilitate, you know, uh, one individual. Do you believe that that model is sustainable and does it need to be changed? Uh,
4: Absolutely believe that it's something we are, we definitely have to look at, and uh, I I would argue that RTE is sometimes bidding against itself because there isn't a market there, yeah. um, and yeah. it's certainly something that the incoming DG and myself have talked about, and that is what, what, yeah that, okay. along with the issue of agents.
0: And there's a bit of, I would have thought, um, pointed commentary there from Shuni Lalik in that the one of the individuals sitting beside her uh, there has been on that executive board since 2017. This is the executive board that she says is so egregiously siloed. And the incoming director general previously sat on that executive board. So they are, I would have thought, at least partially culpable for that siloed culture.
1: Yeah, you'd certainly have to think so now when it comes to the in- incoming Director General being uh, Richard uh, Backhurst there has been a lot of praise for him actually at the committee uh, and Kevin Sean just th- for the Sorry the Kevin my, my apologies there's uh, so many names we've been thrown around today I'm already confusing my people I was thinking of Richard Collins um, the, it, when it comes to Backhurst it has been said that he is going to be perhaps a fresh fresh air into the industry um, the one of the representatives said earlier for example uh, that he came into RT uh, over news uh, at a time of crisis last time around when the morale was low when there'd been an number of instances in the news so I managed to turn that around and there's also been conversations uh, apparently in relation to the disclosure of pay and change to the disclosure of pay for example a number of the committee members wondering if Orty should go beyond publishing the figures of the top 10 and make it to say the top 100 or everyone who earns above 100 grand and apparently there are things in train there but, but there are elements when you look at this that you, you just have to wonder what was going on and who was talking to each other I mean Richard Collins the chief financial officer in particular saying, again, quite rattled under questioning really from the Munster and saying to to Christopher O'Sullivan too, that the, you know, the, the questions weren't necessarily asked or if he wasn't told something, what could he do about it? A lot seemingly put on the plate of the Director-General that if he saw it coming down the line and it had the tick-off from D Forbes, there wasn't a huge amount of questions asked about it when maybe there should have been more pushback from the Executive Board uh, and from others. So a lot of holding hands up and saying, hey, it wasn't my problem uh, and ultimately they're all looking at each other going, well, whose problem is it? And that comes back to, to D which is where they've laid a lot of the blame. And a lot of the TDs not really accepting that today, saying that, look, you're a team here. There is an executive board for a reason. There is an overall board for a reason to ensure accountability, ensure one person can't have any sort of overall power to shift around €345,000. And yet that seems to be what they're claiming.
0: Sean Defoe, thank you. That's Sean Defoe, News Talks Political Correspondent. And listening to Sean there is Trevor Keegan, Chair of the RTE sub-branch of the NUJ. And uh, Trevor, what we what we understand from um the the evidence today is that Uh, one of the um, executive board was aware, not only aware of the deal, had a copy of the deal and knew that Noel Kelly wanted it underwritten and guaranteed and was pushing for same. Another knew that there was a commercial agreement and uh, had a a rough idea of the sense of it. And the director general was was responsible for carving the entire thing out with Noel Kelly. What's your reaction?
5: I think um, we knew all along, Anton, that there was, uh, well, basically incompetence at foot here across the whole Uh, gambit of the executive board but today it was even more flabbergasting to see it laid bare in the cold light of day with all of them, well at least a number of them there in situ and giving their various takes on the various situations and it just laid bare the coldness of the whole situation and the starkness of it I'm no businessman, I am a past math type person in my life but I know that if somebody's asking me to sign off on a certain amount of money I wouldn't just be going, well that's okay DG if you say so I'll sign off on that 75,000 euro that wouldn't happen. Also, why are people, you know, underwriting things and saying it would we'll pay for Renault? Is uh, RTE now sponsoring Renault or vice versa, which is it? Um, there are so many glaring, obvious, and absolutely infuriating mistakes made. A catalogue of errors from start to finish. The board, as you can imagine, uh, doesn't have much support around here at the moment. And I've already had texts today going, this confidence, uh, no confidence, motion going to be passed because people are now getting to that point where they go, these people can't do their jobs correctly.
0: Can I ask, Trevor, one of the things that was said at the committee today was that this was not a journalistic or editorial matter, that this was a management matter. And one of the things that has characterised RTE as different to, let's say, a newspaper is most newspapers are structured with separations of powers. You have the managing director, who is in charge of the admin and the staff and the salaries and all the rest of it, and then you have the editor, who is responsible for the journalism. In RTE's case, the director general is the most senior journalist in the place. They are the editor-in-chief. What impact has that had, uh, you as a, a representative of the NUJ branch, for the other journalists who are seeing that done by their editor-in-chief?
5: Well, basically, it just leaves us aghast. It leaves them aghast. It leaves them at uh, at sea trying to do their jobs on a daily basis. Uh, colleagues saying that they are now being abused on the street when they're trying to go about their jobs. They're trying to hold people to account. Um, I know one journalist is working on an investigation for four months and recently had to ask pressing questions of two interviewees who basically just threw it back in his face and said, you get your house of cards in order first before you think you can question me who the hell do you think you are? That's the kind of thing that, that could have happened before this happened, but probably would have. You know, if certain pe- people have been pressed by certain journalists, but now they ha- it's valid point. You know, the, the upholding of truth and trust and honor and integrity and dignity is now thrown back in her face because this organization does not seem to have any of those at the highest echelons. The problem is as well here, we heard about this, the lack of checks and balances today, Anton, is just incredible. I was recently, I wasn't 100% full-time in this organization up until last year. But for me to be 100% full-time, I was given a contract. I had to read through the contract. There was a, There's a business committee case made by my, my line manager when I'm replacing somebody or somebody new is being intaken into the headcount. So checks and balances seem to exist quite stringently at lower tiers of this organization. But the higher up you go... The dizzying, the heights, and the less regulation seems to be across the board.
0: Trevor, thank you. Trevor Keegan, chair of the RTE sub branch of the National Union of Journalists. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.